Welcome to Dream Business Radio, the place to create your dream business now. Get ready for some inspiration, some encouragement, some proven business building strategies, and a couple of new ideas that you haven't even thought of. It's time to leave slow and steady as she goes to the other entrepreneurs, because this program is all about speed and fast results. And now, broadcasting from his floating home somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean, the dream business coach himself, Jim Palmer. Hello, everybody. I'm Captain Jim Palmer, the dream business coach. I'm the founder of the Dream Business Mastermind and Coaching Program, creator of Dream Business Academy, and obviously host of Dream Business Radio. Welcome to another fantastic live interview right here on Facebook. Today, I have the distinct pleasure and honor of interviewing a very good friend of mine, Dr. David Phelps. He's also member emeritus, one of a, only a couple of the Dream Business Mastermind. Did you even know that, David? Yeah, you, you do. You mean, you mean there's, there's some of us that are still, <laughs> still alive from that original group? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, well, are these guys, they don't come to call. No, he's always, he is a member for life, which is the official emeritus <laughs> description. But anyway, I bestowed that high honor on you anyway. Oh, thank you. I, well, I appreciate that. That's, that, yeah. that's, that's very kind of I talk about you on the calls and things like that. So um, for the few people who might not know who you are, let me give your background for the two people who don't know who David Phelps. Anyway, uh, these late afternoon ones, you get a little punchy when you're on, on, on the camera all day. Anyway, while still in dental school, David began investing in real estate by joint venturing with his father on their first rental property. That was back in 1980. And I know that's um, 43 years ago because we got married in 1980. So I always know that number. Anyway, uh, three years later, David took his $25,000 capital gain share and leveraged it into 31 properties that produced $15,000 a month in net cash flow. Wow. Um, when life was good, as life was good, and David's doing his dental practice and that, his daughter Jenna was diagnosed with leukemia and began a tumultuous battle for, for life. Obviously, uh, shook the family to its core. Ultimately, she received a liver transplant, and David made the crucial decision to leave his practice to spend every moment with his daughter, which I think most people would do. But David's plan B, uh, which was a portfolio of cash-producing um, Cash flow producing real estate assets gave him the freedom to focus 100% on what mattered most, which is spending time with Jenna. And today, David is a nationally recognized speaker. It literally speaks all over the world on creating freedom, building real businesses, investing in real estate. David helps other uh, logical, rational professionals strategically create freedom for themselves. You're noticing the word freedom a lot. There's a big reason for that. Under David's leadership, the Freedom Founders community grows exponentially every year, providing the pathway to freedom for many professional practice owners. I've known David, I tried to figure this out, at least 12 years. I always shortchange a little bit, but I'm going to say 12 years. And um, as I see, he was one of the early members in the Dream Business Mastermind. And uh, I was around when he was uh, putting this whole Freedom Founders together. Um, it's an incredible group of, of people. I, I know many of them. I know that they just hold David um, very high. He's an incredible visionary, a big thinker. And the group, which he started, has grown into, I'm going to call it an empire because it's my show. David, you, you run an empire <laughs> with, with Freedom Founders. Now, it just so happens that uh, I interviewed David about, I'm going to say six months ago. I think it was March um, on his last book, which was What's Your Next? And um, by the way, if you're one of the approximately, I'm going to say 30,000 people reading one of my six books, 
for free, either Kindle, iTunes, or Nookbook. You have uh, David to thank for that because there was a chapter in David's book called Investing in Your Legacy. And I think, hmm, legacy. I got a little white here. I should start thinking about my legacy. And that's eventually short, long story short, I decided to give away all my books. That was the best way I could help more people and actually not work more than three days a week. So we're going to be talking today about his new book, which is co-written by my greatest mentor, the man who was, I think, literally responsible for this crazy lifestyle. I am very blessed to live, live Mr. Dan Kennedy. So all right, David, that's enough talking for me. You got to carry the rest of the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a, that's a great start, Jim. I mean, you do, you do very, very well. Um, open it up. But uh, yeah, we were talking uh, before we jumped on live here that, that you know, getting Dan to uh, do a project, particularly it was really about a year uh, after he you know, survived near death experience. So that was 2019. He was on his deathbed in hospice. Uh, miraculously, I mean, it was a slow climb back, right? So slow climb back in January the following year, he was uh, coming back, but he was still you know, weak and uh, you know just you know taking day to time, which is what you would do when you're that close to, to the end of your life. And so then it was another six months. I think it was August of 2020. So last year, we're what the country, the world is you know three, four, five months, yeah, probably five months deep into COVID and. Yeah. All of the uh, volatility and tumultuous uh, activities that we everybody had to go through to some level, and I I was I was thinking because you're right I, I am about freedom and my own story about about you know how to create multiple uh, streams of income which I think is very important uh, not to be just focused on one thing which is you know what Dan always taught us is like if you're just focused on one thing or one business iteration or one client base I mean you're you're very vulnerable well a lot of people found out with COVID that one income source that had been up till then pretty good, I guess, right? Yeah. It's vulnerable because out, out of the blue comes a black swan uh, and throws everything up in, in the air. And so I was thinking in August, I was thinking, you know, we were, and we had helped a lot of our clients, which are, you know, primarily professional practice owners, you know, navigating all of that. And there was a lot to navigate, of course, for, for every business owner, anybody, whether you were an employee, employer. And I was just thinking about, you know, things were changing and I could, I could see the changes, not just because of COVID and, you know, certainly the the, the real consequences of that, which is a lot of sick people, a lot of people, unfortunately, tragically have died, still happening today. Uh, but also just the, the the shift in mindset that I think a lot of people are starting to have uh, kind of a wake up call of their own in terms of what, what what's this all about? You know, uh, you know, I work hard and then all of a sudden it can be like stripped away from me. But then also the good side was, hey, I got to spend some time doing things I never got to spend time doing, like maybe like re-engaging with friends or family during the shutdown time. And so that's where the, where the book came from in my thinking. And I, I wanted to reach out to Dan because as you said, you know, there's, we, we can all probably point to a few people that have been significant in our lives, Jim. Right. And, and that could be yes. a family or that could be a parent for sure. A teacher, a mentor, a coach in school. I mean, somebody who during that time of your life just really sewed into you and you, you think back and go, wow, that was powerful. And I thought, you know, Dan was one of the one of the few that were were still living that have have, have really sewed into my life. I thought maybe I could get Dan to like do something together because, as we both know, Dan is all about autonomy. I mean, personal sovereignty. That's I mean, Dan's the torchbearer for that. Has been his whole that's life. Right. He never he would never be dependent on anybody, any third party, any government agency. I mean, Dan just carried the torch. Like you know, if it's up, if it's going to be, it's up to me. And so I thought, who better to get into a book about freedom? So. And when I asked Dan, I, I, I wasn't sure because, again, he was being very discerning about what he took on. He's still climbing back. Right. And but you know what? I think I think the title ca caught his eye. You know, I knew yeah. it did. 
No, I, I thought that's I had to hang the bait, right? I had to hang the right, right bait. Dan always talked about that. I said, I'll be working back on him, see if this thing works. Yeah. <laughs> and so so he so he took it and uh and and so just for people to know is is we co-outline the book, but our chapters are separate, they're independent, and we kind of interlace them together, right? So you hear my voice from my experiences, and then Dan intertwines certainly a lot of things that I've taken from Dan, and we just kind of like lace them together. And I to me I'm biased, but I think it made for it makes for a good read. You can, you know, I know Jim, you've you've had a chance to skim through it. But um I to me again, I'm biased, but I I, I think it makes for a very principled book for people who want to take control of their life in spite of all the external elements that we all have to face today and going forward. That's right. I mean, you can sit there and bemoan the circumstances. You know, I've, I've got clients, some that you know, that are in the event, event planning business. They hold, they do corporate things, parties. One of my clients is a, uh, was a hypnotherapist. And today I just, I'm helping a photographer. All of that business shut down. Yeah. Like, you know, can't go into people's homes and take photographs, things like that. So you just got to find a different way to get going. Um, I think my first question I want to ask you kind of to set the table for our discussion, David, is why is it important to own your own freedom? And, and exactly what do you mean by own your own freedom? You know, this this country was founded on principles of freedom. Uh, and yet today, uh, more and more, we're seeing and seeing and this is not just happening today. This has been happening for decades. So I'm not going to point a political finger at anybody, any side. This is just the trend. But government. Uh, all-powerful government is building up more of a Leviathan bureaucracy that really wants to, the government as a whole, wants to have more control over mm -hmm. the citizens' lives. That's just, unfortunately, the trend. But do we have to succumb to that? Do we have to just roll over and take it? And I say, no, we don't. In fact, I believe, I'm very optimistic that that this country, America, what the principles we were founded upon, I think that, believe that there's still a strong grassroots that will never go away of the fundamental elements of freedom, even though Unfortunately, a lot of people have bought in to the construct that the government is going to take care of me and, and, and the government every time there's a crisis will step in. Shockingly say, too many. Yeah, shockingly too many. So but so my point is we have to own our personal freedom first. It, it sounds selfish, right? But you think about when you're on a plane and the flight attendants say in the event of a decompression of the of the of the cabin, the mask will drop and your instructions are to put yours on first. Hmm. Right. Well, why would I want to do that? I, I got people around me I, I care about, even strangers. Nope. But if you don't put yours on first, you're not going to be able to help those other people. So it starts with us, those of us who who feel blessed, but also the fact that we have to not only uh, build and, and create freedom, but we have to be able to maintain and preserve that in amidst all the all the all that's going on around us. And so if we can do that, even in a trend towards socialism and whatever you want to call it today. Uh, right. We can own that. And I think that's how we, this country can, could turn, turn things back around when that day comes. Yeah. And I like that analogy about the, uh, you know, the oxygen thing coming down because you do have to take care of yourself be, or otherwise you won't be able to take care of other people. You know, I know, you know, my, my story, I got, when I got involved in some different charity work, it was, I heard this, per, this expression, like the best way to help the poor is not be one of them. Yeah. And so don't be, don't feel bad about creating success for yourself. It allows you to, to do better. So in any way, I think we're on the same page about that, you know, chapter two. And I did, I did, I did more than skim it, David. I took about an hour this morning, which seems like a, not a lot, but it's a lot actually. So chapter two, I'm going to, I'm going to shock you and how much I actually read your book <laughs> for the interview. <laughs> chapter two is called your freedom number. And you describe um, economic freedom as like one of five freedoms and along with time relationships, health, 
purpose and legacy. So what is your freedom number? I'm guessing, is that the number that allows you to walk away, not care? Maybe there's something. Yeah, yeah, no, you're that. right. You're right. Yeah, that, that's that's the number where you have typically other assets or other investments, let's just call them that, that are producing enough cash flow from those assets, from your ownership or control of those assets, producing enough cash flow that you don't have to get up and go work for every day. So yes, to your point, that number that replaces your active income or your need for active income. I'm not saying that when you get to that number that you just quit doing anything. I mean, right. that's not the case at all, but it gives you the freedom to be more discerning about how and where you spend your time with whom and what you're doing. It's, well, it's actually exactly what you and Stephanie are doing. I mean, you're, you know, you, you are still extremely vibrant in the marketplace. You are helping so many other business owners as you've done for years and years, but you're doing it on your terms. Right. Uh, you have three days a week that you say, these are the days I will focus on helping the people I help. The other days I'm going to spend time the way I want to spend my time. Uh, and by the way, we're not like anchored down where we have to be in some city state. Uh, as Dan Kennedy says, you know, there's there's big signs on the freeways that say, uh, you know, you, you can move to different cities. So well, people say, well, I can't do that. Jim Palmer says, oh, yes, I can. By the way, I like your anchored you. analogy. That fit. That fit pretty well. well. <laughs> well, I, 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 I try to be relevant with my hosts. You know, I try to <laughs> I do my homework, too, just a little bit. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, the freedom number, you know, I have the pyramid of the five freedoms and you, you name them off. So I put a financial or economic freedom at the base because let's face it, Jim, that's where that's where everybody has to go first. It's like Maslow's hierarchy. You know, you want to go from from just basic physical need requirements to some level of stability until you have your your hunger and your your your, your food and water and your shelter taken care of. You're not thinking too much about legacy, right? I mean, it's just. Right. But once once you once you know that you're even on the path with measured specificity towards economic freedom, you don't have to be there. That can that can take some time. Okay, it's not an overnight thing, but when you have specific specific metrics that you can measure, say I am on track, then the other freedoms can start to expand. And that's what I want people to get. It's like you don't wait. In fact, this this progression of freedoms is not linear. You don't you do this one and then you do this one. No, you should be working on all of them simultaneously, but maybe more focus early on towards economic, uh, plugging a little bit of purpose and legacy as you go along, because you don't wait until the end to like, oh, what's my legacy? What's What breadcrumbs am I going to leave for the people? No, you should be doing that always along the pathway, but maybe with different proportionality to those different five freedoms. Yeah. And I think what's important about your freedom number, it, it forces you to get real clarity on what it is you you're, you want your life to look like, what's it going to take to to live that lifestyle? You know, it, it, when you get to be uh, our, right, I'll say my age. Was... <laughs> <laughs> oh, go to... ahead, Jim. It's 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 us together, right? Okay. <laughs> right, it's us together. People are like, well, you know, when are you going to retire? Well, I'll, I can't sit still for the life of me. So, but there is a number. When I hit that, I'll keep working, but it won't be like to approach the freedom number. Right. I'll keep working because I enjoy it. I want to keep the mind active. I like helping people. I like giving and serving. So all those things keep taking place, but I do have clarity on what I'd like, what I'd like to get to. So then I work almost for fun. Right. Yeah. You know, I don't know that that makes sense. I think that's probably what you're talking about with the freedom number. Right. Yeah. Well, I think, I think the work that you have the opportunity to do at that point, again, how you want to do it, where, when, with whom, um, you know, it, it's going to give you more energy. And when you have more energy, then you put more into it again, not for the money, but actually because you actually just enjoy being relevant uh, and, and having some kind of impact to some number of people. And it can be a small right. number. It doesn't, it, you know, the whole thing is this doesn't have to be a big thing, right? I mean, you can be impactful because, because the ripple effect of that, you know, goes on and on and on when, when you've helped one person, 
uh, make a change in their That's life. It. I mean, that that just and then that person then goes on and, and, and pays that forward. It's just like that ripple effect. So don't think of legacy as like like if I can't have a stadium named after me, then I haven't done anything. Of course that's 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 bogus right i mean yeah. i mean you don't need that to to be relevant or, or significant to other people in the book dan was writing about demystifying money um you know my story i know you've heard it you've came to my number of my events i used to have a horrible you know relationship with money i thought it was who it, it, it was such a barometer of who you are yeah. things like that and of course i had debt early on but dan talks about the business of money right describe a little bit of that if you would yeah, well, you know, th this is something that Dan has taught for a long time, and I, I really believe he's right. Is that is that money moves, money moves, and mm -hmm. you know, people people talk about like, like I need to earn money, and yes, we do. We need to trade time for dollars for some period of time in our lives until we're building that economic freedom. Uh, so we're, we're, we we kind of go and chase money, right? Um, but but money moves, and so the business of your money really is is taking responsibility for your ability to orchestrate how money is going to work for you rather than abdicate it. Uh, an abdication is, is, a, is a far step from delegation. I have no problem with delegating certain aspects of business or finances, but you, you need to be the orchestrator of that. If you, if you delegate or abdicate it here, let me just, let me just give my money to a money manager because you know, the, the world says finances and retirement planning, that's, it's just too complicated. And of course, Jim, we know they make it complicated on purpose. So people will right. take that. You're right. You know, I'm a I'm a butcher, baker, candlestick maker, and that's what I focus my time on. That's what I'm good at. This money thing, it's just it's way too confusing. And so, just give it to somebody who's going to supposedly take care of it for you. There's nobody who's going to look after you and your assets and your future like you can. Now, again, it doesn't mean you need to know everything and have expertise in all areas. You can't. So you need to assemble a team, you know, people that you, that will give you insight. But you yourself. You can learn enough about basic financial acumen to to know you know who's on your team and what the right choices are. You know, a uh, you know, quick aside, and we 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 hear this all the time from, especially from athletes, uh, professional athletes who you know th th make a lot of money, right? And of course, they're focused on what they do, right? They're they're talented athletes. They've probably never had to really like work hard in school at all because they were always you know catered to, and so they yeah. got through based on their talent. Well, that talent is not going to last their lifetime. What you find is a lot of those those athletes. Who made a lot of money in the early days of their career, and then of course they were uh, the, their lifespan was relatively short. And then what, what happened to all the money? Well, you know they just they they wasted away or or gave it advocated it to people who were looking out for themselves, and they end up like with nothing. See, unfortunately, they didn't take enough responsibility for understanding the business of their money as they did the business of of being a great athlete. That's just one example. Yeah, um, the other thing I was I was uh, looking. I was curious, by the way, I'll, I'll, I was always skimming for the David and Dan chapters. No offense to yourself, but I love Dan. I mean, nobody nobody speaks with clarity like Dan. He boils it down to the no BS, but he was talking about groupthink. Well, both of you were. Mm -hmm. um, so what is groupthink? I, I, so, and, and, you know, how does it control your life in a bad way? Or a so good way? Think, yeah, well, I think usually for in a bad way, because groupthink is is really following majority thinking or majority okay. trends or what society defines as success or what society would say about, you know, you need, you need to go get an education and you need to get college degrees. And maybe you need, you need to get an MBA. Maybe, you know, you need, you need, you need, uh, and that's following the majority. The reason why people do it, and it's, it's a human characteristic, Jim. I mean, we all have a tendency, well, we want to be safe. Well, if I'm with the, with the crowd, 
you know, whatever that crowd is doing or thinking or wherever they're going. Well, I kind of want to be with them because it's safe and, you know, I feel hip and it's very lonely as, as you, as you express many times to be that entrepreneur, the one who goes against the grain, the one who says, you know what, I'm going to do it my way. I don't want to do it like everybody else says. I'm going to, I'm going to do it my way. That's lonely. And so yeah. we tend to, we tend to, we tend to follow or, or most people follow the majority in right along back to back to money again and economic freedom is, is people tend to say, well, you know, you, you, you do the, the standard things you accumulate, you save money and you put it on wall street. Maybe you put it in like 401ks, which are, you know, that's, that became the avant-garde after the pension uh, plans kind of died in the late seventies. So now it became 401ks and, you know, everybody does the same thing. It's like, but how does that really end up And it? It's well, we're going to, we're going to find out that really no generation has ever successfully retired on a 401k. That's right. That's, that's coming to play right now with, 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 with our generation who many of them are quote retiring on 401ks. Um, it's not going to be, it's not going to end well, uh, unfortunately. So that's what I say about what Dan and I would say about group think you're probably better off if you're not sure what to do, don't follow the majority. There's a reason why they're the majority. The reason why they're called the majority because the majority is usually average and average is not really the life that we're looking for. I I was just about to say that because you and I have been to so many uh, Dan Kennedy events, but he'd say, if you look at the room here, there's like a thousand people here. There's eight or 900 people who all do about the same thing. And you call that the average. So if you're going to do with the average, you're going to get average. How could you expect to get non, you know, average results if you follow the group? So um, another great expression I read uh, in your book is a, a call to arms. And it's, it almost struck me a little bit, David, I shared this with you before we went live. Um, I don't know if you, I, six months, nine months, I don't know when you wrote the book, but uh, the country's been, in my opinion, slipping into a different way. I, I don't want to go down a rabbit hole here, but the, the book today, I think, is even more powerful than when it came out. And um, so this call to arms, I think, just a, is a great expression. So you can address that. But part B of this question, two-parter, is you said something which I completely agree with as you, especially as a coach, I see this at different levels. What got you here won't get you to where you want to go. Talk about yeah. those two things. All right. So so call to arms, uh, that is the introduction, which I wrote. Um, now, the book, we started writing the book. Well, really in the fall of, of 2020. So what's that? Call it 14, 15 yeah, months. Yeah, so that's a lot longer than I even I thought. I started yep. writing it then. Uh, of course, the introduction had not been written then. So I, I'm trying to remember when I wrote the introduction. Probably wrote the introduction maybe, I'm thinking, earlier this year in 2021. Okay. Um, the book, to your point, is is not political, except for a call to arms. Yeah. Um, well, listen, I, you know, I feel sometimes conflicted. I wanted a book. Jim, that would resonate with, with, you know, a wide audience. Now, typically we learn to write, you know, for maybe a tighter audience or for our, mm-hmm. our, our specific niche prospect or client. And I think there's reasons to do that for sure. Uh, but this book was on my heart for a bigger reason. Um, and so I, I, I didn't want to just slam a bunch of political stuff and there's plenty of books on politics. If you want to go get those books, you know, there's left, right and everything in between. Right. Uh, I didn't want another one of those. Uh, so, but I, I did want to give people a little bit, a little bit of feeling of where I come from and why I feel like that now, and of course, you know, our lifespan is only a, a, a small segment in time. We go through the, well, even the history of this country, which is we're at 250 some years, um, you know, our, our, our lifespan, Jim is, is in early sixties. So that's a quarter of this country. So I, I'm, I'm saying in my perspective, 
you know, we're at a point, a juncture, at least I feel like, where this country is at, at a tipping point. And I'm, you know, as I said earlier, I'm very optimistic, but it means that for those who, who believe in personal freedom, which is what this country was built on, it's why our forefathers, our founding fathers, um, put up and put everything on the line, you know, to, to, um, to divest away from the tyranny of the king of england right uh, they put everything on the line for it. it was that important i mean they put their lives on the line their families on the line everything on the line they had reason we are the benefactors of that and we tend to take that for granted and i think we are generally soft as a nation as people thinking oh well it's okay um it, it'll all just revert back and it's like i'm I, i'm sensing nope there's this is a deeper Deep, deeper current, and yes. we need to we need to wake up now. Each person gets to decide how you want to do that. I'm not saying I'm not a get out on the street and I don't picket and I don't protest that way. As long as you do it peacefully, I'm not against it. I'm just saying each one of us, I think, has a responsibility again to ourselves first, put the oxygen mask on, uh, but then to the people we care about, whatever circle that is. It could be nationally, could be your community, could be your family. I don't care. You pick what's important to you. But a call to arms means. It's time to take a stand, however you want to do it. You choose. I'm not telling people how to do it, but you choose. You need to get some conviction about you. And who do you want to who do you want to ingrain that in? Who who around you is important enough that you want to help them also see what you believe to be true? Yeah. And again, get clarity on what's important to you because think things are being taken away. Freedom is being taken away. Um anyway, uh you you wrote, David, also um, wealth is what you own, not what you do. Pretty powerful statement. And that's not what society tells us. Society <laughs> says, you know, go out and get the degree, the credentials, yep. where society will anoint you as being uh, worthy of a certain income because you, you know, you, you've done the work. And there's truth to that from an active income standpoint. Um, there is truth. There's some truth to that. It doesn't always play out exactly right. There's a lot of vulnerabilities. We found out this last year in COVID with those people who thought they had a strong income stream and all of a sudden that's up, upside down. But what, what I found, and it's, you know, it, it's part of what you read in the, the intro, is is owning an asset. And now what, what's an asset? Well, I, I, I'm talking about tangible assets. I'm talking about owning a real business, Jim, something that, that you're a super fan and, and a super authority on, a business where it's not fully dependent upon you. See, a business where you go to work and you have to be in the business every day, operationally producing, fulfilling, that's a starting point, but that's not a real asset. That's really creating a job. I'm talking about a business or in this case, real estate, which I love, is an asset that once you build it, you acquire it, uh, and then somebody, it doesn't have to be you, uh, manages it. Now you have income that will be produced whether you're going to work or not. And again, to have multiple interests in different businesses or real estate or some combination thereof is what will provide for the uh, reduces the susceptibility to to what a, people, a lot of people have seen. So what you own becomes more important than what you do. But there's a transference of that. You All of us start out with, with, with trading time for dollars. So it's what we do at first. We do, right. we do, we do. We, 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 we build up security for our, the bills. And then we start to have some, some savings. And we think about investments, which is all good. Uh, but what, what are those investments? So the ownership of assets in the long run becomes way more powerful and sustainable than what we do. Because eventually we either either society and the world changes so fast that we can't keep up. So we can't keep up our trading time for dollars and we have to keep iterating and moving um, or, or something happens to our, 
our health, maybe. I mean, we can't do what we do because something happened to us. Uh, that That's that right. happens to a lot of people who depend upon brains and hands to do things, and they get in an accident or uh, some some disease process uh, creates nervous tremors. I mean, I know lots of people in my field of dentistry who have had to stop producing dentistry oh, because physically something gave out, right? What wasn't part of the plan, but it happens. So, so we're just about out of time, but I want to go five minutes longer because I want to I want to bring this full circle to the question I just asked you. So, David, when you're talking or when you look at like the financial channels, it doesn't matter which one you turn on. They never mention real estate. It's always the Dow. It's Nasdaq, you know, S&P 500. It's always that. But real estate is such a big chunk of the wealth that you own. How come they never talk about that? Because they can't tell people how to scale it. Ah. Um, yeah. See, Wall Street's easy to scale. Um, Wall Street, um, you know, you can you can you can invest on Wall Street with a click of a mouse. It's easy, easy, easy. Um, much harder to do that with real estate. Real estate's very inefficient. It's very dislocated in in in, in most forms. So it's an opportunity for those who who want to uh, learn or gain access to it. Um, but yeah, people don't people that people that sell financial information or do financial advisement again i'm not i'm not demeaning anybody who has who has good intentions but they they have one channel of service and that is what they sell on wall street wall street financial products uh and and so they're not going to talk about real estate because well there's no money for them to make in real estate even though oh, okay see you know even though intellectually most of those people do know that solid amount of wealth that's carried forward historically generation by generation is through real estate um but yeah, there's no money to be made from any of those platforms, so they don't talk about it. It's always the money, always the dollar. So very interesting. I, I, my final question is, had you not uh, partnered with your dad in 1980, you think you'd still be doing this? Would you have discovered real estate? Was it a passion of yours even before your dad helped you? Or? It, it was becoming a passion because I was reading books. Um, okay. Books, Jim, like, like, you, like you write so many books. You know, I found books, you know, from people who, 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 fed into me at that age where I was trying to figure out, I was figured, trying to figure out this thing of the business of money. I, I didn't call it that, but I was trying I was trying to figure it out. Well, I was always trying to figure out money when I was a kid, Jim. I was always trying to figure out how do you make money because I wanted independence at an early age. I was always figuring out how could I sell stuff to make money because my parents didn't give it. So, so, so yeah, it's it, it became um, a focus that I want to learn how to be a better investor. And I thought, why the heck do I need to wait? Like, like the, the chapter that Dan wrote the book about, about the power of before you're ready. Well, I wasn't out of school yet, but I thought, how can I start investing now? I have no money. I got no credit. Huh? I know somebody who does. <laughs> so maybe, he likes, <laughs> maybe, maybe he likes me. I don't know. Maybe he'll trust me. Yeah, right. That's how it works. So I got my first investment going while I was still in school. When I graduated and we sold the property, you know, thanks to my my excellent management technique. <laughs> we, we split about fifty thousand dollars in capital gain profit, which which is how I leveraged into more properties. So, so yes, um, I think I think that there's no telling where I would be would be if that hadn't happened. I don't know. I, I think I still would have figured out a way uh, to get in because I it was on my mind, but it would have been a different different way. Maybe it would have been later, right? I would. It's so interesting that your dad. I mean, if it, if I was your dad, I'd say you finish school first. Well, I mean, that's yeah, that's what you think, right? But yeah, I don't know. I think I I think I I had I'd read enough books about real estate that inherently, when I told him why I thought it was better to own the asset than rent especially if you're going to be in one place for four years, like that's like throwing money away. Well, dad, we could be building equity, <laughs> equity, ah. dad, wealth, dad, uh, you know? And uh, so I, I think that was enough of a selling point. And, and he knew I would put 
hard effort into it. He knew I wasn't going to, you know, drop the ball on the management, which is what he didn't want to deal with. Wow. What a, what a fun interview, David. Thank you so much. How can people learn more about you and Freedom Founders, that awesome group that you founded and, and still are the head of today? And also, where can what's the best place to get your book, Own Your Freedom? Well, if you want to get some bonuses, you can go to ownyourfreedombook.com. Of course, it's available on Amazon. And uh, just so people know, it's uh, you can get the hard copy. You can get uh, Kindle. And also, uh, Dan and I both read our chapters uh, for the Audible version. So if you want to be lulled to sleep by our beautiful voices. You know, you can <laughs> was it grumpy, Dan, or was how how was his voice? <laughs> I, uh, it, it was pretty good. Yeah, he went, he went to a studio. Uh, you oh, know, okay. And, 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 uh, it, this is you know when he was you know his energy had been coming back a lot, so I think it's pretty good. Uh, let's see, Freedom Founders. Uh, yeah, the website's freedomfounders.com. Um, people can learn more about uh, what we do there at that website. And, and you don't have to be a dentist to be part of that community. You do not. Uh, we don't do anything clinical, so you don't have to know anything about teeth except you know, maybe the ones you brush and floss. If you know that much, you're good. You're good. <laughs> good deal, David. Thank you so much. I'm I'm grateful that uh, I'm grateful you came on and, and waited for me to park somewhere where I had decent Wi-Fi, so I wasn't getting <laughs> cut off. Always a pleasure interviewing you, sir. Oh, Jim, thanks. It's great to catch up with you. Um, all the best uh, for this Christmas. Uh, you and Stephanie spending with your parents. I think that's uh, that's the best of the best. I'm glad you're doing that. That's really good. Yeah, it's it's a good move. We always happen to be at the right place, even though we move around. It's just so interesting how we happen to be where we need to be at, at the right time. It's kind of kind of interesting how that works out. Anyway, folks, that wraps up the take two. That wraps up this very special live episode of Dream Business Radio with my special guest, Dr. David Phelps. You can connect with me at getjimpalmer.com. That's kind of my home base. If you want to apply to be part of the awesome Dream Business Mastermind, go to dreambizcoaching, dreambizcoaching.com. Remember, as um, I alluded to earlier, you can get all six of my books for free in digital format, either at Kindle, on Amazon, at Nookbook, nookbooks at bnn.com, or you can get them in the Apple iBook store. But that's it until this time next week or the next time we get together. I am Captain Jim Palmer, the Dream Business Coach. You take good care. Now it's time to go implement what you've learned. Great ideas are nice, but results only happen through action and implementation. So stay focused. Kick all distractions to the curb. Sleep a little less if you have to. And create your dream business now so you too can live your dream lifestyle. To learn about building your dream business, join Jim's free Dream Business Facebook community at dreambizgroup.com. That's dreambizgroup.com. See you next week for more Dream Business Radio.